Welcome to the Beer Driven Devs podcast, where your hosts, Matt Goldman and Liam Elliott, share their experiences and passion for technology, software, and of course, beer. So be sure to grab yourselves a cold one and join them for this week's chat. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Hey Liam, good. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yes, that's right. We're um, 2024 now. Wow. It's gone quick, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. As you'd come to expect from a lot of podcasts around this time of year, you know, we, we were having a chat just um, recapping on the year that's been. So we just figured why not record it and see how we go. Matt, how about you start? Why don't you tell us about how your year went, some some things that you're quite happy with? Yeah, cool. All right. Well, the, the obvious one is this podcast. So we started this podcast in 2023. Yep. Can you remember the month that we started? I can't remember now. I think it was September. Yeah, okay. It's gone too I quick. I can't remember when we first started talking about whether that was actually last year or whether it was even the year before. I've been trying to reflect on that. And I think you first raised this idea with me in 22, the tail end of 22. In 22, yeah. It took us a few months and a brainstorming. Yeah. So you can, you had the idea, you had the format. I'm not going to steal those ideas. But I think once we came up with that name, the Beer Driven Devs, everything sort of just started to fall into place. Yeah, it did. And uh, we um denied it a lot and we talked about it for a few months and like you said, brainstormed and kicked around a few ideas. And I think once we just got started and got stuck into it, it's been rolling pretty smoothly. And I've been happy with, with what we're doing. It's obviously, it's fun to do. It's good to know that we've got a scheduled catch up every couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the best things. I really look forward to it because, you know, I left, I left the company you guys work for now three, four years ago and I lost contact with a lot of you, a lot of people. I really look forward these days to catching back up with you and and just having a yeah. chat. And Yuli, it was awesome to to talk to Yuli in that as a in a professional manner there. That was great, and and uh, I think you know I'm I, I'm really happy with what we've done across the board. But that's I think that's probably one of my favourite episodes so far, the one we did with Yuli. I think that that was really good. I really enjoyed that, and it, you know Yuli's depth and breadth of knowledge and clearly passion for the topic was was really awesome to tap into and came across really well I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've you've jumped in there because that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask down the track is what was your favorite episode and I think that was the same for me. It was just a fun episode to record and like you said Yuli's passion. And he's a passionate person. He he loves loves life. He loves his dancing. He loves work. He just loves everyone he's working with and it's just you can tell when you talk to him, you can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's infectious. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. So, yeah, I, I think, was that my favourite episode? I'm not sure, but possibly. It's definitely up there. Definitely one of my favourites. I also really enjoyed the VR episode, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That was just me nerding out for an hour about VR. I got some cool VR news for you uh, in a minute, Liam. Yep. So th- that was cool. Uh, and obviously the security one was interesting. That's a topic that, I mean, that's an area that I've kind of worked in a bit. So mm. Nick is someone that I've known for a while and, and someone that I have immense professional respect for. So I was really pleased to get the opportunity to pick his brains about that topic as well. Yeah, and that, and that was a great episode. I've had a lot of positive feedback from that particular episode from people that listen to it from start to finish. And it's really good to hear to hear people actually coming back to me personally and you know finding me out and actually telling me, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast and it's good yeah 
I find that really hard to say because, you know, I don't chase that attention, so to speak, as you would know too, Matt, when we're doing this. It's you and me talking, we record it, we edit it, then we publish it. And then every once in a while, we might look at the metrics, but that's about it. Yeah. So it's awesome to actually have real world feedback where people shoot me a message or people that I know will, I'll chat to them in the street or chat to them on the phone and they tell me they've been listening to it. And that's just, that's great. It's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know why, like, you know, we've, we've recorded this podcast and, and put it out there and published it, but it still seems surprising that people are actually listening to it. It does. It's awesome. I, you and I had a quick chat to think about the year ahead last week. And I think one thing you mentioned was we need to push the audience to reach out to us a bit more. Yeah. So look, here's a perfect segue for it. <laughs> Like we absolutely love hearing that feedback and knowing that we're actually reaching people and we're making a difference, I think helps, uh, look, it helps keep us going or it definitely helps keep me going. As much as I love having this chat with you, Matt, and sitting down and an excuse for a midweek beer, it is awesome to know that there's people out there that are benefiting and actually enjoying what we're talking about. Yeah, that kind of feedback fuels us almost as much as the beer does. <laughs> absolutely. So how about you? Um, any favourite episodes? Uh, any highlights of doing the podcast so far? Look, I think the Yuli episode, the AI one, was a good one. Like I said, just the conversation we had, Yuli's passion. I, th- I think we that episode could have gone for hours if we oh, let him. Easily. Yeah. Likewise, your VR one could have easily gone for hours, but I think we were able to <laughs> we we're able to edit that one down a bit, trim a bit of the um, time out of that one. Yeah. I think the first episode was always good, right? Yeah. Being able to just get it done and get that ball rolling, because as you alluded to earlier, it was we were arming and arming, we were trying to figure things out, and honestly, it wasn't until we just sort of said, okay, well, let's lock in the one date, and we're going to record, and we're just going out, and we'll figure yeah. it all out from there. Yeah. Which, yeah. To put a little um, teaser on it, I think there's a topic there that we were, again, we were discussing the other week that we might use that one as a teaser for a future episode. The rapid prototyping and just getting it done, getting the shit done, just getting it done. Stop thinking about it and just get it done. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that, actually. Mm -hmm. Talk about that more. All right, so big surprises, right? The editing. Editing, yeah. Um, There you go. I've just done it. The amount of ums and ahs that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which for the benefits of the listeners there hopefully isn't any in the final cuts because we spend a bit of time making sure they're not there yeah the pauses the silences yeah i've learned to handle the way i speak and to articulate or i'm learning i should say and i think that's that's coming through when i do the editings i think the editings are i think the way i speak is coming a lot clearer than what it was at the beginning i would agree with that i think so but i still think the biggest challenge with the edits which is something that you pointed, I didn't even think about it until you pointed it out, but it's absolutely right, which is when someone speaks while you're speaking, it throws you off. And like we, we record two different tracks separately, so it's pretty easy to remove someone else speaking over the top of you. But what's difficult is when someone's talking and your flow is interrupted because someone else is talking to get back on track, you know, to remember while you're speaking, to take a step back and say again. And I think we're getting better at that. The problem is because I think we forget a lot of the time and we just just lapse back into just being conversational and just kicking back and having a beer and a chat and forgetting that we're recording. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to just, just stop and remind ourselves that, that we're recording. And, and when we have those interruptions to the flow to take a step back and just say it again clearly, 
Yep, absolutely. And I think you're right. And I've noticed myself interrupting less. And look, this goes into my personal life too. You know, I know my wife often tells me that I interrupt a bit too much. Right. And particularly now that I'm reflecting and I'm listening to myself talk as I'm doing the editing and I've based exactly what you've just said there, I've noticed the interaction that that has and how disruptive it is. I've taken that into my personal life now and I actually do try to hold back and not interrupt as much. So I think everyone's benefiting. Yeah, certainly your wife, it sounds like. <laughs> That's it. But the thing is, it is different in the way that a conversation flows is different when it's just one-to-one or even one-to-many in a group. And when you're not trying to record it and, and get the recording and edit it, it, it doesn't matter as much. You know, there's a difference between an interruption when you talk over someone and shut them down and just saying, oh, um, hey, uh, um, whatever, mm-hmm. like while someone's talking, it, even those little things are enough to disrupt the flow. And you don't even notice it when you're talking. You only notice it in the edit. Yep. Analyzing and listening to your voice back like that, you do notice a lot about your own personal tics. Yeah. And look, honestly, I have learned to hate my own voice a lot less than I used to. That's good. I always used to hate hearing my own voice and now I just put up with it. And if everyone else has to hear it, well, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Your voice isn't too bad, mate. Oh, well, thanks. But... There, there are worse voices and there are worse voices that do podcasts that do very successful popular podcasts i'm not going to ask you the name and shame no no not today (laughs) okay what about professionally anything that you were happy with this year a few big ones professionally so obviously i released the book this year Mm -hmm. does that count yep yeah so that was a big one that was surprising you probably remember from my talk which hopefully recording of that will get released on youtube within the next couple of weeks so we can start telling people to watch that if they're interested but i had a, a little soiree to celebrate the launch of the book liam came along a few a few other people came along and i gave a, a half hour talk about my experience of writing a book and, and it was about all the kind of things that you don't see that go into it behind the scenes and one of the things i mentioned was it was surprising the feeling that i had you know i kind of I had so much anticipation over years of writing this book of feeling of elation or relief or something about getting to the end of it. And it was just nothing really. It was just another day it was done. And then, you know, a few weeks later, the books arrived and, you know, I opened them and there they were, and that was cool. I I didn't exactly run out of steam, but I I guess I was just kind of emotionally very flat at the end of that journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But of course, looking back, like it was immense, immense accomplishment and something I'm very proud of and something I'm very happy to have done. And I'm glad the book got released last year. I'm glad to get that talk as well uh, I was quite proud of the talk actually as well I thought that went really well other than that professionally I did some work that I, I can't really talk about because uh, it was a client project but there was a client project that I worked on that I was really really proud of really happy with uh, they were a great a great client you know all of our clients really are great you know we we, we don't subject ourselves to working with people that we don't want to work with <laughs> so we've got a lot of good clients but this this one in particular I like the vertical that they're part of so uh, you know the work that they do the products that they create are something that I see a lot of value in and um, so I agree. Mm-hmm. they're great people they're a great company and the work that we were doing was a really really awesome challenge it was a security and auth related thing and it was kind of doing something that hadn't been done before and I worked with a few of the other guys from the company I worked for on that and I think they all really loved it as well like it was it was a really unique challenge and a unique opportunity I'm really really pleased with that really happy with how that went but my biggest professional accomplishment this year I think is sorry this year well last year really for 2023 was the 2023 SSW April Fool's prank (laughs) so you're you're you're, yeah yeah, I heard yeah, about, about that one. one. You're familiar with the tradition, and you no doubt heard, no doubt heard about the uh, the 2023. Yeah. So, and I was I was messaging some ex colleagues saying, um, "What's going on yeah. here?" <laughs> I I even fell for it for a bit. Oh, really? That's I mean, that's that's yeah. that's the beauty of it. I think is like first of all, 
the lengths that we went to, like it was so elaborate. We like, we just made it so realistic. So for the benefit mm-hmm. of the listeners, right? The company that I work for has offices in Australia, four offices in Australia, one in China, one in France. The one in France is, is new. Uh, in fact, it opened last year in 2023. And the boss is quite big on travel. He, he likes to travel to all the different offices. He also likes to encourage people to visit different offices and work from different offices and that kind of thing. Yep. So what we did was we put together this new company initiative. This was all just an April Fool's prank. But the, the company initiative was the cultural exchange program where you would be required, it was mandatory, that you would work for two months of the year in one of the overseas offices at least once every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company would cover 50%. And, you know, we, we did a, a quite sophisticated video for this new program. We created a, a page on the company's internal learning portal. Like it was elaborate. And the thing is, the funny thing is, we, we spoke about this a fair bit at length as well. It it's believable that the boss would do something like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was very feasible. It was very, very plausible. And we, we discussed that as, you know, when we were kicking around ideas, you know, that was one of the things we came up with. We, we said, well, one of the risks here is that he likes this idea so much that he does, in fact, implement it, not as an April Fool's thing. Yeah. And of course he has. So this is now a, an actual company program that, that we run obviously the the mandatory part isn't was the joke it's not mandatory but but yeah he loved the idea so much that he did and that that's the thing it's the best lies are the ones that are closest to the truth right so mm-hmm. yeah. now we did get a lot of blowback from that and there were a lot of people that were saying no it's too realistic it's too believable april fool's pranks should be very very obviously a joke and, and i just think well you're not fooling anyone if it's if it's obviously a prank so but anyway so, yeah, I think but you're glossing over you're glossing over your final part of that prank I don't know if I can talk about that publicly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, I can't talk about that. But yeah, one of the best parts was a couple of us secretly got the boss back as well. Yeah. And yeah, I can't talk about what we did, but we pranked him pretty good as well. And uh, from what I understand, that's the first time anyone's done that. Uh, all fun and games, huh? Yeah, that was great fun. I tell you what, I am going to be, I am going to be on the receiving end of it this year for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Liam, how about you? Professional highlights. Obviously, the big one is uh, Incube Solutions. Correct. The big one is the consultancy I started this financial year, Incube Solutions. I don't have a sales pitch to give right now, so I won't. Yeah, so this is just something I've been thinking about for quite a while that I've been consulting through various forms, contracting, and it's just, I figured it was time for me to to make that next step. As we mentioned, I think in one of the early, early episodes, I've got a passion for leadership. You know, these days, my desires, my passions are in building teams and leading teams and growing our company, right? So as much as I love doing the dev stuff and I love tech, I love love the people side of it just as much, if not more. So I've set myself a new challenge and that challenge is to build an organization from the ground up. It's a big challenge. It is. It is, and it's kind of scary not knowing where the next piece of work's coming from, not knowing when the next where the next bills are getting paid. But these are all challenges, right? And as a contractor or a consultant in a previous life, these are things that you'd take for granted. Yeah, you know, the work's there. You just show up, and there's work coming your way. And if there's not, you know, you're you're warming. 
running the bench, so to speak, but there's always stuff to do. Yeah. Whereas now I'm out on my own. I'm looking for customers. I'm doing the work, chatting to people, recording podcasts. I'm doing whatever I can to get my name out there, to get the business's name out there, just to start building up a reputation more than anything. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's taking off. It's starting to gain a bit of traction. Not as fast as I'd hope, but you know, they, these things take time. Always, everyone always says there's a lot coming in the new year and I've got a few leads that I'm really hoping are going to start to pay off over the next couple of weeks. Definitely exciting things. And obviously, if anyone wants some custom bespoke software solutions, that's what we do. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's cool. It's really, really exciting. And, and uh, you know, this is also something that, that we've been chatting about for a couple of years mm. and uh, yeah, really, really pleased to see it get off the ground and, and see it, you know, off to what seems to be quite a successful start. Oh, look, it's successful in the fact that I'm tracking on what I want to be achieving. The goals I've set for myself, I'm I'm hitting them to start with. Absolutely. But like I said, it's still scary not knowing what's around the corner, not knowing what the next quarter holds. Yeah. And it's doing all the BDM stuff, all the sales stuff, the relationship stuff, as well as the the work for myself right now hopefully in the not too distant future i can start putting some some others on my team to help me out yeah I'd... so you said it's scary is, is it stressful it is but i do i like to mitigate my risk as much as possible i wouldn't say i'm risk well i am a bit risk adverse but i do like to mitigate my risks as much as possible so i've built up a bank account and i do have a few contingencies in the bag if i need to you know pull those lifelines so they will help me so and that removes risk it, or it reduces risk and it reduces stress yeah but at the same time you don't want to you know if you have to rely on those those parachutes and those um contingencies well they're going to run out one day soon right yeah they will run out yeah. and yes i mean there's always stress about that but at this stage, I'm not as stressed, but we'll see. I mean, I can only imagine as business takes off, one stress just translates to another stress, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, right now I've got stresses about, okay, when's the next contract coming in? Where's the next work coming in? But then everything I've been told and everything I can anticipate, you know, then you're going to have stresses about employees. Yeah. Then you're going to have contractual stresses and then you're going to have other disputes and arguments and Stress is left, right, and center. So you're never going to get away from it. And absolutely, I didn't take on this challenge trying to run away from stress. No, no. But it's exciting as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It gives me, there's a lot of freedom. And that's a double-edged sword. I get to choose which direction I'm going company-wise. But at the same time, then there's a lot of freedom day in, day out as to what I'm actually working on and what I'm doing. Mm. And truth be told, it's quite easy to get distracted if you don't have a solid deadline out there keeping you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So have you got like a plan? Have you got like a trial? board have you got things to work on so that you at least don't have the cognitive load of thinking well what am I actually going to do today yes yeah yeah I've got a Trello board in that and you know a lot of that I'm learning on the go don't know if I should be saying in a public forum but project management's never been a strong suit of mine right so I'm really trying to build up that skill set and to work on that and yeah Trello in that space has really proved helpful we spoke earlier in the year about or last year about the Phoenix project yeah one of the big takeaways I got from that was early on where they're talking about too many uh, work in progress yeah. is just becoming the bottleneck. So yeah, right now it's I'm really tracking what what mini projects I have in progress. Right. So I've got a Trello board with I've got my work in progress Trello board. Yeah. And that's less of a to do list than a I'm doing list. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's just a way to make sure that I don't overload myself. Keeps you honest. Keep yeah, keeps me honest. And it's like oh well, I want to pick up a new something else to do, and I look at that list and realize actually there's four other tasks there that I probably should 
can finish before I pick up something else. <laughs> I'm just thinking about an SMS you sent me earlier today. <laughs> uh, buying new domains. Yeah. Yep. New domain, new year. Yeah. Yep. Look, there's there's something there. Maybe talk about that later in the year. I think that's one of the projects that I'm working on, and that's sneaking its way into my work in progress list. But that's a bigger project that hopefully takes me away from being so reliant on consulting work and a bit more um, recurring revenue project, uh, product based. Yeah, yeah, and will probably help you with your consulting work as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, and you know, I think a lot of people in my position, I know where you're working there, and a lot of other consultancies there's internal projects that are used to upskill and to make sure everyone's got consistency with their projects know how the company work and like i said before when you're you know when you're in a bench warming position you've still got something to do yeah so this will this is a little project that i'm going to start working on trying out new technologies new new ideas new thoughts and start to push the boundaries there and really keep me busy whilst i'm getting these leads coming through yeah and look honestly if i can get to a point where i put on a, a junior developer or another developer there's there's going to be something there for them to do now yeah yeah well that'd be good all right so what are you looking forward to most this year what are you excited about excited about i think for the first time in a long time i'm excited about work i'm really excited to see what happens this year with the business i'm not going to say it's a make or break but i think it's a big it's a pivotal year obviously it's just the first year that i'm really in business but i've got aspirations and desires that it, it's going to really make a big difference and you know a lot of conversations i've had now are really quite positive really looking forward to as everyone starts coming back into the office over the next couple of weeks yeah that's awesome look i've been racking my brain about the from the tech side of things like knowing that we're talking about a recap and a what's coming up i've been trying to figure out what is there out there that i'm excited about tech wise and i haven't heard a great deal like i mean there's this standard oh, standard for the moment 2023 24 what's going to happen with ai right it'd be interesting to see, I don't know if I'm excited for it, but it'd be interesting to see what 24 brings in the world of AI. Yeah, it's obviously something that we're warily keeping our eyes on. Yeah. But I've got one for you, something yep. tech wise I'm excited about. So I, I kind of teased this a bit earlier because um, I mentioned VR and said there's something exciting about VR. Yes. So um, you've heard of Unreal Engine, right? We, we, yep. we spoke about it a bit when we spoke about uh, Unity. Yep. Uh, was, that, was that our very first episode? Uh, yes, I believe it could have been. I think it was. Yeah. So Unreal is a game engine. And unlike Unity, which is mostly used by hobbyists and independent develop game developers and game studios, Unreal Engine is used by, or also by those groups, but more so, there are more sort of AAA, big, big tentpole games that are made using Unreal Engine than there are using Unity. Mm -hmm. So over the past year, well, over in towards the end of last year there was a developer called Preydog who's been teasing a plugin called the Unreal Engine VR injector yeah. now what this does is it basically lets you inject VR config into any Unreal Engine game sorry let me qualify that any game made with Unreal Engine version 4 or 5 so the two most recent versions so what do you mean by inject VR config yeah so good question what this means is you take any game that's made with Unreal, yep. uh, Unreal Engine 4 or 5, that's not a VR game, and you run this plugin and you play it in VR. Okay. So I need to underscore how big a deal that is. What this means is that there are now thousands of games, not just games, but thousands of high-quality AAA games, you know, the thing that, that VR has been mostly missing, yeah. that are now basically VR games. Now, it, it's a beta and it's early, so it's not without its quirks. Uh, you know, there are some things that work well, some things that don't work well. You 
you can create a profile for any game. So you you load up this injector and, you know, whatever game that you're going to play, it will detect whether there's a profile for that game already. And if there is, it will load it. If not, you can create your own. If you create your own, you can share it. So people are just playing their favorite games, turning them into VR games and sharing these mm. profiles and other people can refine them. And this means that there are now thousands of, of high quality AAA games that are now available in VR. So one of the problems with, with VR is that most of the games that are available for it are kind of arcadey or demo-y type games. Yeah. They're not the the big word, you know, I keep using the phrase AAA. They're not the big in-depth high quality. High quality is saying they're not high quality is not fair because they're very high quality, but they're not that kind of polished yep. AAA big budget studio type yep. games. And now all those games are available. So, yeah, and there's videos that people have shared. So this and, and sorry to tell why this is so exciting right now is this came out yesterday. So this no. this beta was released yesterday. Just to clarify, is this a plugin you install on the client PC and you run the game through that plugin and it automatically converts the app, the game into VR? Or is it something that the developers need to, to recompile for VR? Gotcha. Yeah, no. You as the end user, you run a game that's that's been developed using Unreal Engine and then you just run this plugin. So okay. developers don't have to do anything. Now, of course they can, like, you know, any, any game developer can pick this up and find it and create their own profile or, you know, mod their game in any other way to say, oh, you know, here's a, you know, here's a VR version or VR support for our game now. But no, not at all. This is a, this is a public end user modding tool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you just, you run your game and then you run this, this injector and then bang, it's a VR game. And the funny thing is what I was just saying about developers using it, there is, I, I can't remember which game it is, but there's a whole bunch of people saying that there's a game that was released recently that had VR support released by the developers and everyone's saying it works better in VR using this plugin than with the official VR plugin. Oh, wow. from yeah. Ah, amazing. Uh, now that's interesting because um, God, I can't even remember what days of the week we're talking now. But earlier this week, I think we were going to catch up. I was going to come up to yours for a barbecue. Yeah. And we're going to record this episode up at your place. I never mentioned it to my son, but I was. He asked me the other day, and he's only going on six this year. But he asked me the other day about virtual reality. Right. I don't know where he where he heard about it from, or. Yeah, I don't know where he saw it, but I was going to, without speaking to you about it, I was going to let him know when we got there that you have a VR setup oh, yeah. and sort of try and blow his mind that way. But yeah, circumstances, we didn't actually get to get to do that one. Yeah, we'll do it next time. Now, so there is a something of a rite of passage for visitors to our house. Yeah. So I'll let you look this up and we can we can put a link to it in the show notes. It's freaking awesome. There's a VR, I don't want to say game, there's a VR app you can get called Richie's Plank Experience. Have you heard of yeah. this? No. Okay. I'm Googling it as we speak. Yeah, yeah, look it up. So basically, Richie's Plank Experience, you walk a plank in VR. Uh, so you, you get into an elevator, you go up 80 stories, the doors open to the outside, and there's a plank and you walk out onto the plank now me being who i am and everything that i said about this april fool's prank i like to do things elaborate so what this this game lets you do is you can actually get a plank a real world actual plank and then you can map it out using the controllers so that the plank that, that you see in vr maps one-to-one to this plank in the real world so i actually went to bunnings and bought a plank <laughs> specifically for using for this <laughs> anytime people come over you know i get the plank out and stick the vr headset on their head and then what i do is i have a fan in the room right so um, when the elevator's door, when the elevator doors open on the 80th floor, I turn the fan on. So, and I tell you what, right? It's VR. It's not 
photorealistic graphics, but man, your brain makes it real. Like well, we I, spoke I, about this when we did when we did the VR episode. We spoke about that. Did we? Yeah, because it's so immersive. Yeah, your brain just fills in the blank and just goes with it, even though it's not not photorealistic. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, so I mean, I've done it a few times, so I'm used to it. But you know, even I tell you what, every time I I get out on that blank, you know, it's not real, but part of your brain is telling you that it's real. Probably the amygdala, right? That you know the yeah. you know you've got cortisol going there and you just like that's 80 stories up and i've got some funny videos of, of people walking this plank at my house and about two or three years ago we had a vr night at ssw and and i've got some some fun videos of people walking the plank at ssw <laughs> my, my best story about this that I, I i'm a bit of an asshole but um i had some family over for dinner one night and uh, my cousin julian was was on this plank in vr so i walked up to the side of him and just gave him like a very very gentle nudge right yeah. now here was me thinking that you know you get a bit of a fright call me a dickhead but you know just stumble off the plank and you know that would be it yeah. but the thing is when he kind of got the nudge and he he tipped off the plank but because in his mind you know he didn't know the floor was there like in his mind he was 80 stories up yeah. but he just tumbled when careening across the room smacked his head up on a chair a big gash across his forehead like absolutely spitting blood it was i mean oh, we laugh now but it was quite scary oh gosh but yeah it's it's funny like just that's that's kind of how real your mind makes it yeah so yeah you're your six-year-old son walk the plank looking forward to it but um yeah i won't let you push my son no 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 i don't i don't do that anymore after that experience i blame luke he started it he did it to me and i i thought it was i thought it was a great idea <laughs> And um, okay, so what are you looking forward to next year, this year? 24. Uh, other than the VR thing. Yeah. What am I looking forward to? Well, uh, I'm looking forward to NDC Sydney this year. Yep. So I have had a talk accepted and a two-day workshop. So I'm really looking forward to delivering those. Oh, you got uh, a talk too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. One talk, so I submitted two talks. One of them got accepted and my workshop. Yep. So I'm doing the workshop and the talk are both on .NET MAUI. Yep. And the, the talk is on clean architecture with .NET MAUI. Mm -hmm. It's mostly about code sharing in a full stack .NET solution. Yep. Because, you know, we, we talk about Blazor and MAUI and you know how one of the main benefits of, of having a .NET UI is that we can share code yeah but there are lots of traps you can fall into by doing that and there's good ways of sharing code and there are not so good ways of sharing code and I show some I show some bad ways so show you some things not to do and show you some of the, the traps that it's easy to fall into and it is really easy to like to over engineer something like that so yeah so that's a talk that I've done before so I'm doing that at NDC and then I've got the workshop which is two days hands-on it's it's a very intense it's hands-on so it's not really theory-based it's we'll spend two days building an app mm -hmm. how's that coming along yeah pretty good yeah so it's a real-time chat app um it's like you know any standard chat whatsapp yeah. teams kind of thing um but it's got it's got a, some cool concepts in there so there's some you know really interesting i think ui things that we do with that app that kind of illustrate some of the the power and capability of dotnet maui plus there's some real-time stuff so there's you know signal r uh, reactive extensions yeah it's it's good it's, it's fun and then there's some challenges for the participants to do and you know they can obviously all chat with each other and create chat groups and stuff so i, I think it's going to be a fun couple of days well, it sounds like it I, I still haven't bought my tickets but um i'm gonna try i'd love to be there yeah it'll be good uh so yeah so there's that so there's the vr thing um there's ndc otherwise i you know i've got my mounting pile of side projects yep that's it you, you're working progress list yes yeah so i've got well, i've got one product that i am hoping to launch to beta this month mm -hmm. i mean it's ready it, it's ready um uh, well it's ready for beta testing there's more work that i need to do before i can release it and um, particularly around licensing and integration with microsoft 365 but 
functionally it's ready and I'm really looking forward to getting some some real world testers using it and giving me some feedback on that hopefully yep. that will be this month and hopefully well I guess hopefully Q1 or by the end of Q1 uh, you know maybe at, at worst case scenario end of Q2 have this thing actually released which would be nice awesome well, closer to the day there we can talk a bit more about it yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm. And then I think a lot of the other things on my uh, side project list, on my work in progress list, I might pause, put the brakes on those until we've had a chance to, I'll tease it again, do our, our thing about rapid prototyping. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing on our pre-work in progress list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to do this. Yes. And what about your running goals, Liam? Running goals. Interesting. Um, so I've got my two big runs booked in for this year. That's the six foot track in March. This will be the seventh time I've run that. So that's always a fun run to do. I love it. It's really social as much as a 46 kilometer run through the Blue Mountains could be yeah. social. It is a very social fun event. And then followed that in May by the UTA 100 again back in the Blue Mountains. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm looking forward to it as much as I did the first time I did that, but training will start for that one in the next couple of weeks, I think it is. I actually got to check. Yeah. It's a 16-week training. I know it's a 16-week training program, and I think that puts us to the end of January. Yeah. Yep. And then you can't see it, but the wall behind me ends up with this. It's, I should be doing this for work too, but I end up printing up my entire 16-week training program one a4 page per week and then i just got it there a visual count and i can see exactly what i'm doing every single day yeah and that works really well for anyone that wants a little tip on training it's it's a great way to do it it's visual it's there you can see how close you're getting you can see your progress and it's always in front of you yeah it's so important so i think that brings us to the end of 2023 and into 24 I think one thing that we, I mentioned earlier, we don't really do often or we don't do as much as we should is asking the audience to reach out, to contact us, to follow, to subscribe on all the various platforms. And share. Did you want to share how the listeners could contact you? Yeah, so there's a few easy ways to get hold of me. I'm on Twitter. X? Yeah. To quote Abraham Simpson, I'll be deep in the cold, cold ground before I call it X. <laughs> no, I'm just being silly. Yeah, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah, I'm on there at Matt Goldman, no spaces. I have a blog slash website, which is goforgoldman.com. So those are probably the easiest places. I've got a YouTube channel, which I've been neglecting. Um, which is also go for Goldman. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty easy to find. Yep. And my X slash Twitter handle is Liam Elliot underscore AU. And unfortunately, I have to have to explain to everyone, you spell Elliot with two L's and two T's. It's L-A-A-M-E-L-L-I-O-T-T underscore AU. LinkedIn also works. Um, and I'm just Liam Elliot there. And like Matt, I've got my own personal blog, uh, LiamElliot.me. And I've got Incube Solutions, which is IncubeSolutions.com.au. And then obviously, we've got BeerDriven.dev. Yeah, and uh, at Beer Driven Devs on X. That's right. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, sharing would be great. If you want to support us, support the podcast, one thing that would be awesome would be if you have any friends or family or colleagues that you think would enjoy listening to the show, enjoy what we're talking about, let them know, tell them, get them to listen to it. And uh, if they like it, great, everyone's a winner. But of course, uh, as Liam also said, there's plenty of ways in getting hold of us. And if there's anything that you would like us to talk about or anything that we've said that you want to tell us that we're completely wrong, 
let us know and we'd, we'd love to hear from you. I, actually, sorry, I just want to jump in when you said um, it'd help if you shared yeah. our podcast. You know what? I'm really bad at doing that. And I found out, I think it was yesterday, that through the grapevine, my mum found out I was doing this podcast <laughs> and she started listening. You didn't tell her. Because I never shared it with her. That's great. No, but no, she, she had a good listen the other day. Which episode did she listen to? I have no idea. She said she didn't understand any of it. Right. right. Actually, my mum, I, I did tell my mum and she hasn't listened, but she's quite interested in the AI episode yep. because she's She's hearing a lot about it and she wants to know more about what it's all about. Awesome. But mums are like that. They'll, they'll you know, you, you start a podcast, don't tell them, they'll, they'll know. <laughs> they'll know. Yep. Okay, so that's it for this episode of the Beer Driven Devs podcast. I'm Liam Elliott. And I'm Matt Goldman. Here's to 2024. Cheers. Cheers. The Beer Driven Devs podcast is recorded and produced on Dorawal and Dark and Jung land. 